Welcome to Making of a Musician, Serena. Hi. I was wondering how you would describe yourself. Hello, I'm just me, I guess. So I'm trying to think, you know, how you have those things in high school and stuff where they say describe yourself as true words. I think what I may have written there. I think I'm pretty funny, but maybe I'm biased also. Yeah, funny. And you're from Catherine originally? Originally living in Darwin now. And you've spent some time in Adelaide going to school? Yeah, for a little while there, just the last three years of my schooling. It's like a family tradition to go to this boarding school, so. When the world just seems so out of touch, try to see the beauty of it. Change your point of view. Change your point of view. Do you remember the first time music grabbed your attention as a tiny person? I think I've always grown up around like lots of different types of music and so I've always kind of had an interest in it. I'd see like my sister sing sometimes, not so much my parents, they aren't quite as musically inclined but yeah I would see her sing and yeah everyone had kind of really varied music taste so I would pick up influences from all of them and yeah I think that's how I kind of got into it. I think the the music came a bit later, but it just sort of stayed with me. But I can't seem to focus my mind When the world just seems so upside down It's okay to flip it around See it from another point of view And do you have any memories of a song grabbing your attention when you were really young? Not particularly. There's like so many. And sometimes I'll have moments where I won't remember a song for the longest time and then one day it'll just pop in my head and it's like really nostalgic. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I have like phases and I think a lot of times if when I'm choosing songs, they'll mimic my emotions or just help me understand what I'm feeling. I'll let them kind of speak for me. Part of being a songwriter and storyteller is you get to deal with your emotions differently. Do you write many songs when you're happy? I used to like just make writing like a regular thing. Yeah, it was helpful and oftentimes I just, it just ends up being poetry or prose or something like that. But now I've noticed with the songs I have been writing that it definitely come from a more spontaneous sort of emotional place. And usually those kinds of emotions aren't always positive ones. Yeah, different, very different to what I have been working on. Yep, so would you deliberately try and just write something about a topic or something like that? Is that how you were originally sort of starting? I'd say when I was really young, there's like this naivety to like the things you write because you don't really know a lot about the world yet. And so you kind of just find words that fit each other, but yep. they lack sort of context. And then, yeah, I think 
with writing poetry and stuff eventually, like getting into that, it like helps you see it in a sort of broader sense. I like to inject a lot of metaphors into my songs, or at least yeah. that's the way I was working. And I want, my intention is for the song to have meaning in whatever way to the audience to just translate into something broader that they can sort of think about. Yeah might get lost in the soundscape or whatever but also yeah if they're paying attention to the lyrics it's just going to add another dimension of them I've read that your music described as folky catchy enchanting music would you describe it that way? It changes like all the time and I'll try different things out just you know, just create something different. I think I can sometimes be easily bored as well so might as well try something a bit different. I, I mean I have faith in my ability to write a pop song with like lyrics that are really cliche as much as I have faith in myself to be able to write a really deep and intense Song. So would you say that Sugar Muffin is one of those sort of songs? That song started out as a poem actually. So I just pulled two lines that I liked out of the, the poem that I wrote and put it into the song and then worked from there on that song. In the film clip, you're in a fairly exciting, colourful bakery type place. Did you actually get to eat the cakes after the film clip? Yeah, we'd eaten a few muffins, but we decided to recycle the cake. We just scraped my name off and then put this boy's name on there. Love it now. Like, every time you see the film clip, he's like, that's my cake, guys. Oh, that's really lovely, isn't it? Oh, that's, that makes my heart sing. <laughs> You mentioned that your family didn't have a huge, your parents as such, didn't actually, you know, weren't musicians. But I had to spend too many nights listening to the Eagles with my parents. Did your parent? <laughs> so your parents have, um, you know, a strong listening presence with music? Yeah, my dad really loves music. I, I think he's kind of sort of quiet about his interest in the art scene because he's like one of those older people that's recently discovered Facebook and like how you can connect with people on it. So he like posts 10 links a day of all this random stuff. <laughs> but yeah, he used to love the Eagles, uh, Deep Purple, Black Sabbath, yeah. those kinds of bands. And my mom, on the other hand, she would never know kind of the music she was listening to. Like, she was aware of, like, the music, but she wouldn't really pay attention to who they were and stuff. But I've noticed that she liked Michael Jackson, The Supreme, and she also has an affinity for techno and sort of instrumental Spanish music. Oh, wow. She likes that kind of stuff, yeah. Make the world a better 
And then my sister, I was obviously influenced by so I was like, oh, you're my older sister, you're so cool, I hang out all the time, being this little annoying five-year-old or whatever. And yeah, she would listen to R&B, hip-hop kind of stuff, and she had a phase of alternative rock music. So I saw all of that, and yeah, it's interesting. My brother went to a boarding school, and he used to bring home this amazing array of music and so anything he brought back from boarding school I'd just absorb and did you have the same sort of thing with your older sister? Did she bring any music back from boarding school? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, when when she went to boarding school she definitely got more into the alternative sort of rock scene and these days she sort of listens to more Triple J alternative style folk stuff, she enjoys that. Oh. It really changes a lot, yeah, so... I think I could say that my family are a bunch of music listeners, but not all of them are musically inclined. When did you become aware that you wanted to be a musician? I'd always liked music and like, I first started, picked up the guitar maybe when I was in grade 7, so I think like 12 or 13. And yeah, I was, remember I learned my first two chords and I was so determined to get them that I practiced them the whole day and then I split my finger. <gasps> oh, yeah, because I was like so into it. And um, how long did it take for your finger to heal? I think a few days, like, um, I couldn't play for a little while, but it's quite... Yeah, singing's really toughen up when you play quite regularly. Singing, I'd always kind of done, even like at, at five. Like, I just remember singing songs with my sister. Maybe not well, as well as a five-year-old might, but um, yeah. And then in high school, I took some private lessons with this teacher and he taught me a lot of good things. And I got, people would say at gig, oh, you're really good. But then after I'd had some training and knew how to control my voice more, they'd be like, wow, that was amazing. And so I was like, people are enjoying this. I might as well keep doing it. And so guitar was your first instrument? Yeah, voice could be considered my first instrument yeah, as well. Okay. But... Just to forget, just to forget. got any other instruments you play? I mean there's instruments that I just fiddle around on but I wouldn't say I, I play them but I can create melodies on the piano or um, I play a bit of ukulele that's quite an easy instrument to learn. I like hopping on the drums but I wouldn't say I'm a good drummer I just like it helps me to understand the timing of things a little bit more as well. Yeah. yeah, I just try a whole bunch of stuff. And is there an instrument you wish to play? Not particularly. I mean, when the opportunity presents itself that I could learn some random instrument with somebody that just wanted to teach me something about it, then sure. But otherwise, I don't think so. I like little percussive things because I like different sounds.
I was lucky enough to attend Barunga in 2015 and you you were there and for me that was one of the most amazing experiences of my life and I don't think I'll ever forget being there and your live sound is quite different from your recorded sound and mainly because you've got a lot more instruments I guess on your recordings and I was just wondering how has that changed since 2015 have you got more are you playing with other people on stage or we've found that when I play with a full band uh, a lot of those people that we get are like professional musicians and so they'll be really music oriented and like Sometimes they play a little too straight for my style. So it's good if I have a person that's kind of experimental and will try different things with me and work with me. I actually went on tour with one drummer last year, yeah. young drummer, same age as me. And yeah, we worked really well together. But I love collabing with people. I love collaborating. It just makes a different sound and makes me a better musician as well. And yeah, they probably enjoy playing with other people too. Back back in the day, I found it a bit hard to comprehend how different my live sound was to my recorded sound. And do you find that hard to differentiate? Because it's done professionally, everything's been done really professionally, and I've had good people around me, producers and people doing mixing from overseas and yeah it's been I think it's not as bad because they try to make your voice sound as true to you as possible and then you're working in the studio with them composing and like mixing different sounds that you like together and then you kind of bounce off each other so I don't know I like that part like it's definitely different to the live stage and like what that feels like but I love the creating part as well it's like, it's like you see it all come together from being in your bedroom for instance and having no one listen to you just you and your instrument to having that thing that you made in your head all that time ago come together with all these other instruments in the studio with all these strange people that you've never met before and that's really nice yeah and is it um, a bit confronting being in a studio with all people you haven't met before no I love it I mean the, I, I just feel that they're there for the same reason that I am. So we have like a common goal and it, they, I know that they love what they're doing just as much as I love making music. Oh, that's that's great. I always get a bit nervous. So <laughs> it's good to hear someone who doesn't get nervous. Yeah, it's probably good if you have like a good studio environment as well. Cause they, can, they can be expensive and yeah, you don't really want to feel like you're being pushed for time which I'm no. sure some, sh some people will do, but definitely music for me and doing stuff in it up here in Darwin has been about networking and yeah, that's really helped me out and come this far. I saw and read that you were part of the NT Music 20 Year Celebration and I was just wondering and I was reading a bit about the Music NT and it sounds like a really supportive network and that with a smaller scene but it sounds really dynamic so how did you get about to be on their showcase? 
Well, they've been the first sort of people that I approached. They did a whole bunch of workshop in Catherine when I used to live there a few years ago now and yeah I'd gone to them really taking it on and I'd gone to this one jam night this is basically how I started to get into the scene and yeah they offered me a support gig with a group from Darwin that came down and that was my first paid gig so I was like wow you can do something with this and then I joined their mailing list and they would send me things to do with events like they have this thing called Intune every year where industry people come and talk on certain topics regarding yeah just like workshops for musicians like how to market yourself and the ins and outs of touring how to do an invoice all this kind of stuff so I went to that and I found that quite helpful yeah and I would just take every opportunity I could that was offered to me I never went out and actively looked for gigs people would approach me which was even better and yeah and is that how you got to Barunga? No I got to Barunga through another organization that does amazing things up here I currently work with them as part of their, they call it Skinny Fish Music, and they deal with Indigenous artists, produce all their stuff. And then on the other side of it, they have Perambulator Management, which they're just starting to promote more as a business. And yeah, that's for independent, non-Indigenous artists, so I'm fine for that. Oh, and that's great. how I got to Barunga. How did you find playing Barunga? Because it was such a beautiful little intimate setting where you were playing... I forgot the name of the stage. The first time I went there, I um, got quite emotional about it because it was so close to my hometown. And so it felt quite special. And I knew that there would be a few people in the audience that I would recognize. And then a whole bunch of new people as well. I just loved seeing the audience's reactions and faces. And yeah, every audience is a little bit different and interacts a little bit differently. One of my most memorable songs from that night was I Hope to See the Sun. And um, do you want to talk a little bit about that song? So I wrote that song after I got fired from my first job. I wouldn't say it was really fired. It was just like a work trial. And I like got let go after like 30 minutes. It wasn't even warmed up yet, but I wrote that song to make me feel better about life and that told myself life keeps happening regardless of bad things that happen in it or sort of not even bad things, just like they're just lessons. Every mistake and potential like negative energy can be transmuted into something else. What about your first song you wrote? Do you remember that? The first song I ever wrote. Recorded or just... Just wrote. Again, I was a naive 12-year-old. So the first song I ever wrote with music was a song for my friend's birthday. And it was a song about everybody forgetting her birthday, but then secretly throwing her a surprise party. Oh, wow. (laughs) Uh, That was kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of songs before that, 
were just like a cappella and sometimes my best friend would come over from down the road and we would just I'd just be like, Katie, I knew the lyrics were here but it was really like just naive and like yeah. about relationships that you don't know anything about and you're only twelve. <laughs> When did you record your first song? I'd recorded with a few people just like demos and things yep. before, but the first time I had properly recorded, I went to Melbourne and did some recording with James Mangahig, who is currently my manager. And he's also a producer and producer for other people as well. Yeah, he just invited me over to Melbourne. We got the flight sorted and everything. And yeah, I just went, went over there and made some music. We just had fun with it. In his bedroom, we just did some little demos. We had a little yep. studio set up there. And yeah, it was just really relaxed and fun. Yeah. Excellent. Do you listen back to that recording? Yeah, it's always interesting listening to the original demos of songs because they're never quite the same. Because obviously when you're producing it and mixing it, you can chop and change things nowadays and you don't have to get it all in one take. And yeah, so it's always nice to keep the first original demos because it's kind of fresh in your mind. So you've just recorded your first EP and you've recorded that between Melbourne and Darwin and how did you find that process? It's always exciting. It can get quite exhausting, like because you just go in and doing the motions every day. But singing and playing an instrument can be sort of taxing sometimes on your energy. And sometimes I would get sick, which would be a bit annoying. But other than that, I love the process. Like I love just making music and seeing the way other people work as well. That's very important to me, to see the way other people work. So you're launching it tomorrow on the 24th of March, and where are you doing that? Uh, that's happening at the Entertainment Centre. Yeah, so there's a guy called Geordie Lane coming up. Oh, cool. My first interview, Tracy McNeil, her and Geordie had a, a duet together. He's pretty amazing. It'll be Geordie Lane, myself, and a young girl named Naz that is making some cool music. I've never heard her or met her before, but I'm really excited to see what she's like. And the gig starts at 7.30pm tomorrow. Oh, what's the name of your EP? The name of my EP? It's just um, Serena Peck on the cover. Yep. But yeah, it will become available, I think. It will go public tomorrow. And where do you buy it from? You can purchase it on iTunes and it'll probably be up on Spotify as well. Excellent. And do you plan to take that on tour? I did a small tour last year with a lot of songs that are on it. So I'm not really sure. Possibly. Just receive a grant and we'll use that to record a whole bunch of new songs and hopefully an album will be on its way. Oh, well, that's fantastic. And how did you go about getting the grant? 
we just applied for it. The the management deals with most of that stuff anyway. But yeah, you just, there's all kinds of arts grants available. If there's like an arts group, it's good to go and ask them because they'll give you specific ones that you could apply for. Yep. But yeah, there's loads of opportunities wherever you go. Yeah. If you look in the right place. I was reading also that you've got quite a wide range of influences and that you were really getting into Drake last year. And I was wondering what song of Drake's do you think everyone should listen to? I'm still really into Drake this year. I just think I I, ne- I was never into rap previously, but I met these twins from London and all they would listen to over in London was rap and R&B. So I hung out with them a lot and really got to know their music. And he's just released a new album, which I'm not so sure about. It might grow on me, but the last album, Views, has really resonated with me in a lot of things I've been learning about life in general. I think one that everybody should listen to. What's the name of that album? It's called Views. Views. Yeah, Views Out Your Window. What was the first gig you ever attended and watched? Probably things hosted by Music NT. Yeah. Maybe the first the first live gig that I really think I was like, oh, this is really cool. I've never experienced anything like this before. Was probably a showcase gig at uh, the Happy Yes here in Darwin. What Darwin bands should we all look out for and listen to? All Northern Territory bands. I love Roy McConkie. They're like a heavier sort of band, but they're very, very talented, like super awesome sound and this is very different. I like Room 105, which is more reggae. There's a other heavy band called Tapestry that is doing really well up yep. here. And Alice, there's David Crow, there's, there's, oh, there's so many. And if you wanted to see any of them, Barunga would be a p- great place to go. There's also the Wider Than Space Festival as well. And when's the Wider Than Space Festival on? What time of year? I think it's late. It would say on their website. Coming up in the middle of the year somewhere. I reckon every Australian should go to Barunga. I would just think it was, for me, as a person who's grown up in country Victoria, it was just amazing. And that's normally on the Queen's birthday, long weekend. What about the best the best gig you've ever been to? The best gig? I mean, there's something to take away from all of them. Yeah. I think best gig. I, there's definitely performances I've watched and just been like, wow, there's just a really great high-energy performance out there. Yeah. And I remember for Territory Day, I played two songs at that, and that was the largest audience I'd ever played to. Yeah. That was, I think, 10,000 people or something. 
Wow. For some kind of thousand, maybe not that many. I don't even know how many people there are in Darwin, but there are a lot of people on the beach because it's a huge day for the for Darwin yeah. and the Northern Territory. But Jess Canalboy was playing there as well, so yeah. I think she would have drawn a crowd and her energy was amazing, phenomenal. I just really wasn't expecting that. That was fun, and she's a really cool and awesome person. Excellent. On a smaller scale, there's another female act that have just taken my breath away because they sort of, they just sound so amazing. Basically, a girl that lives up here she lives in melbourne now but her name was abby rose and the first time heard her i was just like wow you just sound so good so wake me up when it's all over when i'm wiser and i'm older all this time i was finding myself and I... what about your first gig that you played live at how did that go? The nerves were a bit there. My first gig like in high school and stuff, I would I would apologize mid song. Sometimes and I'd be like, Well, yeah, so I've come a long way since then. But when I had that training underneath me, I could control myself a lot more. The nerves would still be there. And yeah, I still get nervous before shows. But yeah, you just get up there and then you kind of enter this space. And yeah. you just love it. I don't know. And you're a really interesting storyteller in between your songs. So does that help with the nerves? Yeah, I think it does. Like It helps if I feel like I can just have a chat with everybody. I try not to waffle on too much because obviously people want to hear the music as well. But yeah, it makes me feel... I just I, I, I don't think I take myself too seriously and that brushes off on everybody else. Like Sometimes, especially with celebrities at least, like people can create really crazy connections with them, but they're just people at the end of the day. And yeah. I, I want to seem as human as possible in my shows. Any other album apart from Drake that you think everyone should own? I also love Frank Ocean's first album, Channel Orange. Yeah. And I love Frank Sinatra as well. Yeah. He was one of my influences back in the day, maybe like a few years ago now. I also love The Carpenters. And is here, and so I face the final curtain. My friend, I'll say it clear, I'll state my case, of which I'm certain, I've lived. As a teenager, I'd, I'd make up dance routines to my favourite songs, like Depeche Mode. Do you have any songs that you would really get you up and make you do silly things like dance routines from your teens? I don't know about a dance routine, but definitely I have times when I just need to let out some energy. Yep. And I'll throw on, a, throw on something with quite a strong beat and maybe yep. some harsh, hard-hitting lyrics and just smash them. Have you got an example of a song like that that you can think of? Can I swear? Yeah, yeah, you can swear. Okay. <laughs> um, fucking problems by... There's just a whole bunch of people collabing in it, but... 
It's a good song. Change all the time. I didn't catch what song that was. Fucking problem. <laughs> like a uh, rap R&B song. Yeah, and it's got Jay-Z in it. Like the fuck I got a fucking problem. I love bad bitches, and other days I'll be like really into like corny, cheesy 80s music. I love listening to some George Michael on occasion. Love it. We were quite upset in this house that he, he passed away because he was another one of those talents. Like I've just been listening to him the last, like that last week before he passed away and I was like, well. How's the process of songwriting come about for you? All different ways. I think when I was writing stuff before and with this particular EP, it was a little more methodical. And I would sit down and think, if I was stuck, I would think of what's the theme and what am I trying to say? And then work from there. Sometimes yeah. I would leave it for a while, come back. Now it's like a feeling. Like I'll really feel like, okay, something creative is about to come and I need to be ready for whatever it is. It's like an intuitive thing. Yeah. But at times it's purely emotional as well and I'll just need to express myself in whatever way I can. And do you write lyrics first or music first? Oh, it depends. I think most of the time I might write lyric first, but sometimes I'll just be messing around on some chords and I'll hit record on my phone and just say whatever comes out and then from there I might find a little gem or like the whole song. And yeah, I just I just try a whole bunch of ways because it always produces something different. Yeah. It can even be the difference between writing some lyrics on a laptop or writing them on a piece of paper. And do you think in melodies when you're with the lyrics or does the melody come from the lyrics or? Uh, a lot more when I was younger and I hadn't had an instrument. I think a lot of mel- melodic things. Yeah. Yep. But now I think I get into the chords a little bit more and creating melodies around those. It's, I think it's much easier to create lyrics and mel- uh, melodies when you have something that sounds musical already underneath it. Yep. But with that being said, sometimes it can limit the creative potential of it as well. Which artist do you think has had the most influence on your own playing style? I think the Carpenters, because yeah. it really there's specific things in sounds that I can pull out and utilise. I found something with the Carpenters is that they would layer a lot of harmonies, but really different harmonies, sort of like the Beach Boys as well, which I would say have influenced the DP. Yeah, I really like that sound. I like sounds that are sort of full, so when uh, an artist might be only playing his guitar or, or and just have his voice but make it sound really big, I like that as well. I like the, that dramatic element to it. You were born, the angels got together and decided to create a dream come true. So they sprinkle moon dust in your head, gold starlight in your eyes are blue. Probably a more recent influence, maybe not in this album, but in some of 
some of the songs I've written would be like Jeff Buckley and like Hallelujah. I know that might sound like a really cliche song, but it's an excellent rendition of the song. Ah, it's it's beautiful. I also think I resonate a lot with artists that are sort of conversational in, yeah. their, in their lyrics and sometimes even in the way they sing. Like you can imagine some of the things they're saying, uh, singing as like them actually speaking to you directly. Yeah. So I feel like Karen Carpenter did that. Like she had quite a, a sweet sort of low voice like speaking voice yeah and Frank Sinatra any form of sarcasm in lyrics is the I love it yeah or like just like they're a little they seem a little careless in their voice like it doesn't even matter what I'm singing I'm just expressing myself kind of thing with the Carpenters is there a song that you really think everyone should listen to just the greatest hits gold album is great for anybody who wants to to see what yeah. their sound is like. Also, The Stroke. I had a phase where I was really into The Stroke. They're an alternative rock band, and their album First Impressions of Earth is really amazing. And he's sort of sarcastic, and he sort of looks at the world a bit pessimistically, but you can also tell that he's really passionate about it. I don't know. It's very interesting. And with Frank Sinatra, is there a song of his that you really like? particular song? I like My Funny Valentine. I like My Way. There was a song, I think, called Angel Eyes that I really liked by him as well. I haven't actually really got into him ever, so I might have to uh, maybe spend an afternoon with him soon. of stupid questions that I ask everyone and if you haven't heard of one of these things then you just have to choose anyway so I've got 10 quick questions and you have to choose which one you prefer and you can't be on the fence all right you have to make a decision because they might be a little bit hard for you to choose between some of them guitars or drums what, what would you prefer? Guitar. Beatles or Elvis? Elvis. ABBA or the Ramones? ABBA. Nirvana or Pearl Jam? Nirvana. The Go-Betweens or Paul Kelly? Paul Kelly. And country or dr- drum and bass? Drum and bass. And classical or hip-hop? Oh, man. Oh, man. That's a hard one. Probably classical. And gigs or the studio? Gigs. And house or trance? And Sex Pistols or Joy Division? Sex Pistols. And um, my other silly question, I don't know if you've ever heard of Bonnie Prince Billy or Will Oldman. He has a song 
I See Darkness, which is one of the songs that I think everyone in the world should listen to. And anyway, he he has told me that he would do a duet with me. And I was wondering, what do you reckon is a really good duet song that he, he could do with me? Um... I'm just trying to think who that person is. Ah, oh, it's very difficult. Yeah, so it depends what you guys like. It depends what you guys are into. So do you have a favourite duet song to listen to? Oh, I really liked when Robbie Williams and Nicole Kidman did that song in the 90s. I don't, I'll have to look that up because I don't know. It's called Something Stupid. I love when like actors sing, sort of conversational as well, like they're not professional singers. So interesting. Yeah, well that would be an interesting song to do with Bunny Prince Billy, but you should look up Will Oldman and have a listen to I See a Darkness. It, it's a very sad song, but it uh, just really resonated with me. I'm going to just say thank you for joining Making a Musician. I really am so pleased that you were able to come and be interviewed with me, and I wish you very much all the best with your EP and um, I hope that you have an amazing career from this point onwards because you really deserve it I think no worries, awesome I really hope you have a wonderful gig tomorrow night I uh, wish I could be there, I really do no worries, cool All right, have a good one I can see it in your eyes you still despise the same old lies you heard the night before Though it's just a line to you for me It's true, I've never seen so right before I practice every day to find some clever lines To say to make the meaning come true But then I think I'll wait until the evening gets late And I'm alone with you The time is right, your perfume fills my head, the stars get red and all the nights so blue.